0: Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Let's talk NFL. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now... First, let's talk about this coming week's slate of games. Then let's talk about the real action, futures. Right this week, I like Tampa Bay off a buy. Picture that. Tom Brady off a buy, And he's facing Cleveland in Cleveland. The line is close enough where you can pay a little. If you can't, you're at the wrong sports book. You can pay a little. To get Tampa Bay under three, the bet I got was Tampa Bay minus two and a half at a minus 148 rate of return. Again, Tampa Bay minus two and a half at a minus 148 rate of return. Let me make a point here. I lost a game that went to overtime last week. You know, understand, um, overtime games happen. You want to have your bet structured where it's either a push, right, a minus three, um, or it's an outright win. If you have the favorite team and it goes to overtime and it ends with a field goal, right, last week I lost on a touchdown to Devontae Adams, right, I had Denver over the Raiders. But. I believe it's very important and I know this is not what they tell you. I know there's some math geeks out there who pop out the weeds and say, hey, I disagree. Disagree with me all you want. But I'm just telling uh, gamblers that if you're close enough to push it to 2.5 or to 3, that's what you want to do. So a line like this, I believe the actual line is Tampa Bay minus three and a half. I don't like the three and a half. I want to get that to three or get that to, better yet, two and a half. So if the game ends on a field goal and Tampa wins, I win the play. Right now, understand, if you're at a casino that doesn't allow you to buy points, then what I want you to consider doing is just taking Tampa Bay straight up. Right, but have the bet allotment such that you're only betting a set amount per game. You're not thinking in terms of betting more because it's a straight-up bet. Don't fall into that trap, right? Just know I got Tampa minus 2.5 for a rate of return at a minus 148. The reason I'm not getting a even money return or a minus 110 return, typical VIG, is because the line was actually 3.5. Let's talk about another uh, team coming off a buy. Unlike Tampa, this team's at home against the las vegas raiders right and that's the seattle seahawks right i got them at a minus two and a half um at the odds are a minus 158 right i had to pay a little bit to get the minus two and a half you know i love minus two and a halves right the raiders surprised me they were losing against denver they tied the game late pushed it into overtime, and then coverage broke down. Derek Carr was able to hit his college wide receiver, Devontae Adams, to win that game. Right? The Raiders are giddy. Here's the problem. You saw how bad the Raider offense was last week. You saw that Denver, quite frankly, has one of the league's better defenses. And of course, the Raiders just went up against that defense for four quarters plus part of an overtime at high altitude. Right? So I'm not a believer in the Raiders. Certain guys, uh, Waller is out for the Raiders. I think Seattle is playing inspired football. They've won four of the last five. The only loss was to Tampa Bay, a team that right now is leading their division. Right? I think Geno Smith is underrated. Let's remember Geno's history. It was Geno Smith who was named the starter for the New York Giants. Right, That was with an offensively-minded head coach, Ben McAdoo, I believe, that snapped, loved Eli Manning's streak of being a starter for the Giants. In other words, Geno has impressed some offensive types in the past. He has talent, right? He was making $3.5 million this year as the backup. He has longevity. He's in his 30s. He's now getting the opportunity to show you what he can do. I just want people to look at his completion percentage this year. It's around 70%, right? Geno Smith is legit he right now is coming off a bye against a team that quite frankly is underperforming. I like Seattle laying two and a half points at home off a bye versus the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Next, you know, I always say, don't fight the tape, right? Last year, we kept hearing that Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans didn't have enough, but yet there they were in the playoffs as the one seed in the conference, right? The, NF- uh, the AFC, they were the one seed. Let's understand how they blew it. They're in a game, right? Derrick Henry's banged up. They're in a game where Henry's backup is running all over the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They don't give him the ball enough. They made some strategic mistakes in that game. As it was, as it was, the game is tied and Tennessee had the football. And, of course, Ryan Tannehill, whose timing for doing bad things is only exceeded by Carson Wentz's, right? These guys just seem to be cursed in big moments. He throws a pick and then Cincinnati is able to cash it in, right? Well, I just need for people to realize that the Titans last year not only were the one seed, but late in the fourth quarter at home had an opportunity to win that game, right? They had the football, right? They had the rushing attack in that game. Right? You thought, okay, either they score, right? Could have been a field goal. Either they score or they run out the clock. Right? Ryan Tannehill chose that other option, turn over the football. Well, Tennessee at home is still disrespected 1 year later. And understand how ridiculous it is. They're playing the Bengals. Right. If there's one game on the schedule you would circle, wouldn't it be against the team that knocked you out of the playoffs? Well, Tennessee's at home. They're playing the Bengals. And believe it or not, they're giving you two points. Right. The casinos have the Titans as the underdogs in this one. Right now, all I can say is I'll take my chances. I like Tennessee at home against a team that last year knocked them out of the playoffs. There's a revenge motive here, and I'm getting points, and Tennessee, one year after being the one seed in the AFC, is comfortably ahead of their division. I know when you look at the numbers, points for versus points against, you notice that Tennessee only has scored eight more points than they've given up all year, right? People need to realize that this is a team with one of the dominant head coaches in the sport, right? Mike Vrabel, right? He's one of the dominant head coaches in the sport. They have one of the dominant running backs in the sport. Also, even Tannehill, who I'm dissing here, if you look at his career win-loss record, it's not that bad, right? Sooner or later, we're going to have to figure out that Tennessee is winning games for a reason. Let me also point out, too, my theory, right? Let's apply complexity theory to sports betting. I don't think we know all the reasons why teams win. We think we do, right? We look at margin of victory, and we look at defensive stats and sacks. Uh, By the way, look at how many times Tennessee sacked Burrow in that playoff game last year. Right, We look at all these metrics and we think that we can look at a couple of metrics and figure out who's going to win games. Life's more complicated. But what I can tell you is it's amazing how some head coaches without the great stats, right? Belichick, uh, Vrabel, somehow are able to overachieve. We'll put that in quotes and win more games than they should. Of course, the Patriots made the playoffs last year. Right? And so here, you have Tennessee, again, primed to make the playoffs. And you mean to tell me that I'm getting points? I like Tennessee, plus two, versus Cincinnati. Now let's talk about some personal views I have. Understand, every gambler has personal views. You have to make a decision, right? You have to say to yourself, well, how do the stars align? Let's talk about some ideas here, right? Some will be popular, some are unpopular. In the AFC, I keep hearing about Buffalo even though you and I know that Jake Allen's arm is not 100%. You and I know that Buffalo's rushing attack is unreliable. Now, going into this season, the storyline was, hey, man, how are pretty boys like Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey ever going to be able to play Buffalo in, in the cold weather of Buffalo in the playoffs, right? Buffalo in Buffalo is almost impossible to beat. Right? They completely dominated Bill Belichick and Mac Jones last year in the playoffs, didn't they? Right, So the argument was, hey, Buffalo is going to jump out. They have the talent. They're going to dominate the AFC East. Right, They're going to get the top seed. And then these pretty boys are going to have to go through upstate New York. <clears throat> Folks, that's not how it turned out. Right, let's be blunt here. Isn't the AFC East rougher than you thought it was going to be in August? Right, we thought Buffalo was just preordained to win that division. Suddenly, we're looking at Tua, and we're starting to realize why he was drafted as early as he was. Right? Um, Tua looks magnificent. Miami looks magnificent. Miami 7-3 and three, as I make this video, right? I know it's fashionable right now to point out that Mac Jones isn't one of the higher-rated quarterbacks in the league, right? Why don't we finish that paragraph and point out that the Patriots are over 500 and well-positioned? The Jets... I know Robert Sala used the D-S word in describing his own offense, and they got roughed up by the Patriot defense. When are we going to realize that it's November? It's a Bill Belichick Patriot team. That defense is going to be rough, right? But let's just say this. Aren't the Jets doing better than you thought they were going to do? Now suddenly with Buffalo, we're asking some difficult questions, aren't we? Not, hey, are they going to host in the playoffs? Are they going to be the top seed in the conference? If you've paid attention to the AFC East, you're starting to ask the question of whether they're going to win the division. Now this week, let's look back at the pretty boys. Right, Pat Mahomes and them. Right? We'll throw Andy Reid in the mix, right? Uh, folks, I'm just going to read for you their schedule. Understand, they're 8-2. and two. If they win the rest of their games, they're the top seed in the AFC. There's nothing Buffalo can do. There's nothing Miami can do. There's nothing any 7-3 and three team can do right understand if they can match the best finish of the 7 and 3 teams they're the top seed in the AFC now it is true that they play four road games no doubt about it they're going off at slightly better than a plus 200 to win the conference I upped my exposure to Kansas City. Here's why. Their next game at home are against a beaten up team. Right, a team that, in my opinion, is about to crash and burn. Cooper Cup out. Matthew Stafford, after being in concussion protocol and returning He's being checked to see if he should be returning to concussion protocol. Folks, the Rams are done. That's KC's next game. Now after that, they have three games on the road. They play the Bengals and that's a tough game. Let's not pull the punch here. They play the Bengals in Cincinnati. They play Denver in Denver. Denver's below 500. They play Houston in Houston. Houston is likely the worst team in the National Football League. Right? Then they come back home for their last three games, right? Two of the three are at home. <laughs> the first is against Seattle. Now, if you're going to play Seattle anywhere, play them in your backyard. When you say KC at home, I already like to play before I even find out who their opponent is. Right? The game after Seattle, they play Denver at home. Folks, Denver's offense is missing in action, and it's now late November. If you had a list of young coaches who are in jeopardy of losing their jobs denver's coach is on that list right they had to hire a consultant for the coach the last game are against the las vegas raiders i am just guessing that if kc needs to win their last game to be the one seed and they're facing a below 500 team. The last week of the season, even on a road game, right? That game would be in Las Vegas. I think KC handles it. KC's 8 and 2, folks. They are much better positioned to be the top seed in the AFC than any other team. Right? Understand? The Rams, Denver, Houston, Vegas, they're all under 500. They are all on Kansas City's remaining schedule. Now, let's shift gears to the NFC. Right now, this is one man's opinion, and I get, I get, that the NFC has teams like Philly, Right? The NFC has teams like Minnesota. What I want people to do is to look hard at the team that I thought on Monday night showed you that their A-game beats every other A-game in the NFC. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. I know the record's not there. Right, A lot of the team was injured. They did not have Christian McCaffrey at the beginning of the season, right? What I want you to ask yourself, looking at the points allowed by the Niners defense over the last three games are some foundational questions. When the Niners have everyone together on the field, when they're healthy, is there a better defense? in the NFC? Right? Just ask yourself that question. Also, and it's shocking to me. Right? Uh, I just watched Daily Wager on tape. And they're doubters out there. It's shocking to me. But for some reason, people continue to doubt Jimmy Garoppolo. Folks, do you think in big games, Her cousins has the win-loss record of Jimmy Garoppolo. Folks, I got news for you. There are very few quarterbacks, career, who have the win-loss record of Jimmy Garoppolo. Very few. Right? Think about the experience too. Garoppolo's been to a Super Bowl, had a lead on Pat Mahomes in the fourth quarter. I believe it was a double-digit league. In a different year, Jimmy went to the NFC Championship game. Folks, in terms of experience, playoff experience, there's no comparison between Jimmy and Jalen Hurts. Right? If the Niners start running the football, what would Philly's defense do, even if the game's in Philadelphia, even if it's, snowed in in Philadelphia in January. How would the Eagles stop this Niners offense? Let me say this, too. You know, the Niners have guys, Debo Samuels. There's a run, right, who can play multiple positions. There's a run that wide receiver Samuels did. On Monday night, that showed you that if he decided to be a running back, he'd be an elite running back. Right? Just understand the great backs I've seen. Right? And I'm in my 50s. You see the gray here. I lived through the Peyton era. Right? But the great backs I've seen Eric Dickerson, probably the best. Right, Marshall Falk. These were guys who just juice OJ. Right, great football player. I'm not saying great individual. These were guys who could shift direction and knew how to change speeds, knew how to give their blockers an opportunity to block for them. I'm just telling you, and I went to the same college as Christian McCaffrey, I've rooted for him since he got drafted. Right? I'm just here to tell you that in terms of just running back ability, changing speeds, if you're into that type of back, Emmett Smith type of back, right a guy who can read movement, who's not hitting the hole as fast as he can because he understands he needs his blocker in a certain position, and he's going to change gears, there are very few guys in the league with running back skills like Debo Samuels has. I know it's preposterous, right? Samuels is a wide receiver, right? You look at Brandon Ayuk as well, and you look at McCaffrey, who's a hell of a running back. And you look at the rest of that Niners team. Folks, I think they're the best in the NFC. The question with the Niners is really a health question. Right, they always seem to have too many guys injured. Right? Also, something's going on behind the scenes. Maybe behind the scenes, Jimmy is out uh, you know, dating adult film actresses, um, you know, hanging out at warrior games. I don't really know what the deal is. The guy's an elite quarterback. Right, his relationship with the team has been strained. Doesn't matter to me as long as he's healthy, ready to play, and the team is smart enough to have him in the starting lineup. Right, this is the quarterback who is a leader. Right, this is the guy who, when he rolls to Warrior games, hey, George Kittle's coming along. A couple other guys are coming along. Right, this is the QB who's one of the boys in the locker room so in a conference with teams like the eagles and i know Jalen hurts is underrated i get it right you know if i had to name my private list of the best wide receivers in the league You know that not only would Justin Jefferson be on it, but Adam Thielen would be on it. I can tell you I'm in a fantasy pool right now. Dalvin Cook's my running back. Justin Jefferson's one of my wide receivers. Right? I get that the Vikings are an elite team. But not like this. Not like the Niners. So I paid a little. I got a plus 342 for the Niners to win the conference. I would have preferred to have just bet the Niners to win the Super Bowl, not because I think they're going to, but because the big odds you get in picking them to win the conference are doubled if you can get the Super Bowl prop. And then if they're facing KC in the Super Bowl, I can hedge the play. Right? Understand, KC has nothing close to the Niners' defense, by the way. Right, just understand that privately. And so if I'm getting a plus 342 on the Niners right, to win the conference, just understand you're getting something like a plus 700, something close to that, on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. That's really the preferred prop, because then if the Niners win the NFC championship, you're getting the Niners, in essence, at huge odds to win the Super Bowl. Right? I'm not even sure if the Niners, if they finish the season the way they might, would be the underdogs in the Super Bowl against either Buffalo or KC. Let's talk about the Niners. Their next three games, folks, are at home. Right, They play the Saints, and I'll agree that game carries risk because, understand, the stadia Azteca that they just played in is something like 2,000 miles higher, above sea level, than mile-high stadia. In other words, the Niners not only have to get over the fatigue caused by playing at high altitude, but they have to get over the shortened week. So their game against the Saints is dangerous. Right, they play the Saints at home. They play the Dolphins at home. Then they play Tampa Bay at home. Right, Tua and Brady are two of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League. But it's the Niners at home, healthy, right? Don't be fooled by what the Niners were doing in September. This is a different Niners team. Then, of course, the Niners go on the road and play Seattle in Seattle. That's a tough game. I'm just telling you, Pete Carroll, for whatever reason, knows how to be tough against the Niners. Right? Then, of course, they return home to face the Washington Commanders. Then they go on the road to face the raiders then they return home to face the arizona cardinals i get the feeling that the niners because of all the home games five remaining home games five i think the niners finish the season with double digit wins right eleven i think they're at six wins right now I think they finished the season with 11 or 12 wins, right? 11 or 12 wins. I think the Niners are going to be fine. I think you want to increase your exposure to the Niners here. If you're lucky, pick them to win the Super Bowl, right? If you can't get that bet for whatever reason, casino, playing games, not posting certain props take them to win the conference. Right? Understand, you'll have an opportunity to hedge later. The casinos have sniffed this out. Understand, in the NFC, only Philly is getting shorter odds. Joe Fortenbaugh has made, the guy on Daily Wager, has made the argument for Philly to be the preferred pick. I encourage you to look for his opinion online. Right, The Daily Wager show is the last Daily Wager show they did prior to this video. I like the Niners. I'm on the other side of that play. Now let's talk about bets where you don't even have to believe in the team. Right? You're just playing the odds. I think it's a mistake for gamblers to only make bets that they believe in. You want to bet the situation, not necessarily the team. So you're telling me right now, in the AFC, they're offering me a team that's well ahead in their division. That was the one seed. Think about that. (laughs) Was the one seed for the conference in last year's playoffs. In other words, they're going to be in the playoffs, right? They just have to keep playing the way they are, not have big-time injuries to people like Derrick Henry. You mean to tell me I'm getting Derrick Henry's team not to win the Super Bowl, just to win the AFC? I don't even have to believe that they can beat the NFC representative. And you mean the casino's giving me a better than 13 to 1 rate of return? I bet a dollar. They're going to give me $13 plus my dollar back? Folks, I, I think you need exposure here. I'm not here saying Tennessee is better than the Bills or Tennessee is better than KC. I'm not here saying that at all. But you and I know the way the playoffs work. Teams get upset. Let me also point out, too, that when you're getting 13-1 to odds, all you need is for Tennessee to get to the playoffs. Then if you don't believe in them, you can bet against them. Lord knows you have a long runway here to hedge. Let's talk about an even more preposterous line. You know, right now the Niners are 6-4. You heard me talk about them. The team, based on head-to-head, that's in second place in the NFC West are the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) By the way, they're coming off a bye week. They're rested for this week, and they're playing a sub-500 team. You mean to tell me to win the division? The casinos are giving me... Greater than 20 to 1 odds? Folks, these are the moments you hope for. If Seattle beats the Raiders, right at home, coming off a bye week, Seattle will be three games above 500. So you mean here, I can pick them up at better than 20 to 1 odds. This is how you make your money. Right? Grab them now. Then what you want to do is to watch the situation if there becomes a time where you need to bet against them, right? If Geno Smith gets hurt, right? If they have other key injuries, if Pete Carroll gets suspended for some reason and you lose confidence in the replacement, just understand, at these odds, you can then bet against them, and be on both sides of the play with again a very long runway to hedge. Right? Take a hard look at Seattle at greater to twenty to one odds. I got them at plus twenty eighty two. Right, folks, they're two games over five hundred. This shouldn't happen. Right? Their quarterback's not a rookie. He's in his 30s. He's an MVP candidate. Right? Again, this shouldn't happen. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for stopping by.